The Prep Sports Weekly Podcast is your official podcast and home for exclusive interviews and conversations with administrators, coaches, student-athletes, and more of the St. Joe's Prep Athletic Department. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Prep Sports Weekly with Leuzzi and Vellucci on this Friday, February 5th of 2021. As always, I'm your host, John Leuzzi, and my co-host, Anthony Vellucci, will be back next week as coaches off this week due to some scheduling conflicts as we put out our episode this week. But we got a great show in store for you. Recently this week, I sat down with the head coach of St. Joe's Prep Hockey, the leader of the program who brought the first ever state championship title to 17th and Girard, Dave Jockman. Here is my pre-recorded interview with the leader of the Prep Hockey program. We are joined by the head coach of St. Joe's Prep Hockey, Dave Jockman. Coach, thanks for taking the time to come on. It's my pleasure, John. Well, start a little bit on the background side before we get more into this year's prep hockey team. So, Coach, eight years now at 17th and Girard, what has the prep meant to you now looking back at all those years? Well, it's meant everything. I mean, I I truly believe in what the prep stands for. And um, to be able to interact with these kids, it's keeping me young, which is awesome, you know, um, mentally strong. And and, uh, I I just enjoy every day – every chance I get to uh, surround myself with 60 great hockey players that just love the sport, no matter what level they're at, you know, I want to show up every day and, and support their school and give back. You've played hockey, you've coached hockey, but what was the, what, what was the leading thing that you wanted to make you be a coach and who might've spearheaded that as a mentor? Well, it's not so much a mentor Um, because I played hockey, you know, it was always in my blood, but it's, uh, when I had my son, you know, it was something that I passed on to him, my love of the game. And when he started playing, um, there was a need for a coach and I wasn't looking to do it, but um, one of his teams had a coach drop out and they asked me if I would, you know, volunteer at the time. And I started doing that and found out that I really enjoyed doing it. And as we progressed through his hockey career, the opportunity at the prep came up and uh, um, never looked back since then. So it's been always a, a fun adventure. You've mentioned it's been in your blood. Um, what was it like growing up in a hockey family with your dad, Eddie Jockman, be playing with the Rangers in the NHL? Well, it's, you know, p- people often ask me that, you know, what, what is, what was it like growing up? It was all I knew, you know, so it wasn't like it was, I had two sides of it. Um, you know, I obviously got some great experiences to uh, be able to go to practices with NHL players, be in NHL locker rooms get to meet other teams that came in, you know, for, for me, that's what I knew. Um, but it was so rewarding because I love the game so much that I would be able to go on practice and, and be out, out there learning from the best of the best. And, uh, you know, it was a phenomenal um, way to grow up. That's for sure. Um, and uh, you know, it encouraged me more to pursue hockey as a career. Any, I know you've probably been asked this a lot of times and there's probably a lot to answer, but what is one favorite memory of being around your dad and the Rangers in the NHL as a young kid? Because that's a unique opportunity that a lot of people don't get to do. Yeah, I would say um, the one that stands out the most, well, there, there's two. The, the, the one, the first one that came up was uh, when he was playing and he got traded um, from the Rangers to, to the Red Wings that next day 
the Red Wings were playing in Madden Square Garden. Mm. And he got the start. And it was about an eight-minute standing ovation where they tried to play the national anthem and all you could hear them is cheering his name. I will never forget that. I mean, tears were rolling down my face. It was incredible. Um, and then the other one was uh, his induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, that was very special for him, but super special for our family and all the relatives and everybody that supported him along the way. We had a huge contingency of folks, um, and it was a spe very special week for us. That's really awesome. And I kind of going off of that, if you will, mm -hmm. what's it like now having that understanding of the hard work it takes to go to NHL, get get your players ready to go to the next level, either that's going out to a boarding school or to get ready for the juniors and all. How important has that been to you to be a leader of men and get them ready to accomplish their dreams? Well, it's, it's something that, you know, the prep teaches, you know, um, it teaches everybody and anybody who surrounds themselves at the prep is that, you know, you are men for others. So it, the, the type of kids that we have coming in the program truly believe in that and they want to perform at their highest. Um, we have phenomenal leaders, you know, some of them may not be as good as hockey players as others, but they are leaders in and of themselves, you know, and they lead by example. So when you are, you know, a coach, it's easy to get those kids to buy into what you're saying, learn from their mistakes and grow because that's the way they, their mentality is. They want to lead. They want to try to thrive and, and they, um, they excel because of it. And you, prep hockey started as a club um, at the prep. It's now grown into three teams. Yeah. Uh, what has that been like? Just because as the more people are getting to know prep hockey, they join hockey but also to see the program grow as a whole. Yeah. When I, when I first came on board, um, you know, we had basically two teams. Um, we had kids that were swing players uh, from the varsity down to the JV, just to, so we could feel two teams um, as obviously as the, the, the program has grown um, we've reached out to many kids to see about coming into the prep to make that part of their lives. And um, it's not recruiting. It is just actively going, talking and speaking about the virtues of the school. Um, with that, we've had great success, uh, put together a lot of clinics. Um, this year has been a, not saying a disaster, but a scheduling nightmare with all the COVID and the starts and stops and, and everything else. Um, so it's, it's been challenging, but to have three groups of kids, some are very talented players. Some have never played the game before. It is a home for everybody. You know, we don't want to get to the point where we have to cut anybody. We'd rather add another team if we have to, um, just for the fact that if they have a love for something, they're going to do better in school because they're a part of something else. And um, it is like one giant family having all those kids around. Um, we treat everybody, whether you're on the, you know, the lowest team or the highest team, they're all the same. And so we try to get together in normal years. We'll have socials and other things, you know, so all the families get to bond and be a part of the school itself. We don't want anybody showing up just to come and go to school and play hockey and leave. We want them throwing themselves and trying different clubs, different things at the school. We want the parents involved. We want it to be the total experience and the total package for them. So I can attest to that just to know I did, I joined WHP just to join it and it's grown to where I'm at right now. It's what I'm pursuing here in college and doing yeah. a podcast. So the prep really is a special place and it makes it as a family. And I think that's something that's unique about just prep athletics. Yes. You want to compete and you want to accomplish and all this, all the championships and all the accolades that will come and they'll come and you'll get to potentially go to the next level, but it's really about forming 
the qualities of what to be a leader, a man in the real life after you leave those four years at the prep. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we, like I said, you, you touched on having kids that come in are very talented kids choose a different path and they go, we're never going to tell somebody you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that because everybody's path is different. You know, obviously it'd be phenomenal to have all those kids stick around the prep for four years. You know, uh, the program would be unbelievable, but the reality is there's a different path in life for everybody. And whether it's hockey, whether it's trying um, WSJP, whether it's trying something else, you never know unless you try. And like yourself, you found a love for this and this is the path you want to pursue. We have a couple of kids in our program that are on WSJP now, you know, which is exciting. They did our game the other night, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know, they, they might want to stay with hockey. They might want to move on to something else. Some could be an actor, you know, we, we just don't know the path, but unless you throw yourself into there and try things, you never know which way you're going to, what direction you're going to go in. 2018, a very special year uh, for you as a whole, but also what was, kind of a sad year that started but ended as a happy year uh with the prep and the prep hockey program uh i say it's sad because we lost a one uh in sal denubli a classmate of mine as well but you guys won the first ever uh flyers cup the first ever state championship all in that same year um what what looking back at that uh what what is it like uh making you becoming in the history books but also making sure you did it for one of your fallen brothers. Yeah, you'd hate, yeah. looking back, and I hate to say that something like the death of Sal caused this group to be a lot tighter, um, <laughs> but in reality, it did. We went through a lot at the beginning of the year, um, took a lot of time, a lot of conversations with the kids, and um, I think it made us stronger as a group. Um, and I, I mean that more than just the hockey wins and losses. I think it just bonded the kids together. Um, usually in any team, you'll have the upperclassmen being tight and then the underclassmen being not as tight. And it takes a while for everybody to gel together. I think that was kind of a, a joining point for everybody. I mean, we went through funerals. We went through, you know, just you name it. We did it in that beginning part of the year. And um, by the end of the year, I think everybody truly believed in, in each other and played as hard as they possibly could, not just for themselves, not just for the school, but for a, a fallen brother. And um, it was pretty amazing to see how that transpired over the year. And, uh, it, you know, something I'll never forget. That was an amazing group of kids. What is it to be known as the first head coach to bring a state title of hockey to the prep a very historic uh, school in the city of Philadelphia. Well, I mean, I, obviously I'm, I'm proud of that, um, but you know, it's, it's not about me and one person. Um, it is about those kids. You know, if I didn't have that group of kids at that particular time, you know, who knows what would have happened. Um, you know, the, the way they played, the way they earned every bit of that, uh, you know, it's, it's just a testament to the type of men they are. You know, um, I stay in contact with quite a few of them now, and uh, they're just a great bunch of kids and that really wanted something and, you know, put their hearts and souls into it and to, to be able to achieve that. You also reached 100 wins at the prep in 2018. Uh, is that something that you ever thought would happen that quickly? And um, I know you do it for the love of the game, but what was that experience like for yourself? Well, in all honesty, um, when they told me that 
it was very surprising because it's something I never even thought about. You know, I'm not a big statistics person. I watch the game with my eyes and get a feeling for what should happen and what should not happen. So the wins and losses for me are all about the kids. It's not about keeping track of anything. And if you were to ask me today, how many we have, I couldn't tell you. So it's like, it's not something that's that important. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a nice little milestone to have. And hopefully we have many, many hundreds more in the next few years, you know, but the game is the game and we just play it because we love it. And kind of going into this year more, it's a year like no other. I've said it a lot of times. There's no playbook to figure out how we have to handle a practice or how we handle the off the stops and goes uh, with COVID. But what has it, what has been the biggest struggle for you and your coaching staff of getting ready because you weren't able to potentially practice uh, and get together over winter break which was really yeah. is the time that you, your season really starts clicking up. Yeah, we, we've developed a nice model for ourselves about how to start a season, what the summer looks like getting into the regular season, uh, type of tournaments we go to to gear up for the end of the year. This year, that's all thrown out. You know, the playbook is over. Um, we started off by having small groups because that's what we were allowed. So you pick a team of 20 kids. The most we could have on the ice at one time would be 10. So trying to figure out how to incorporate everybody, but trying to still keep a, a team atmosphere, that was challenging. The shutdowns from COVID, the shutdowns from the state itself, you know, shutting down the rinks, so not being able to practice. Recently, we just opened up, um, and we were able to have a few practices prior to our first game. So it's been very challenging. I think I have a group of, of people that have helped me along the way. I think we've been through – 11 or 12 different schedules for three teams, you know? So it seems like we get on the right track and that gets thrown out the window. Now I got to reschedule everything. Um, but we have a great support system um, with some of our moms and dads and, and they've helped me along the way. Um, we just want to get the kids on the ice. And quite frankly, you know, th this year, it's all about them continuing to play rather than, you know, winning a Flyers Cup or anything else. It's, it's a total different year. I think the mental health for these kids is so much more important than what happens truly on the ice besides them getting out to enjoy themselves for a few hours. We've talked about mental health a lot here uh, in the podcast its entirety with Prep Athletic Director Dan DiBerdinis and either other coaches. Right. How has that become uh, perhaps the number one priority for you as a head coach, but also as a program to make sure these athletes are doing okay because yes, they're having an opportunity to continue playing, but there's still a pandemic going on. They're still at school in what is very uncharacteristic times. Um, right. What what has that been to put a little bit more of an importance and emphasis on that uh, during the season? Yeah, well, fr from day one, once uh, we found out that we were able to do certain things and, and through the guidance of you know, the medical community, um, we've put our protocols in place and we've stuck with them. I mean, we have not varied one bit. Um, we go out and see other teams that are, you know, playing without masks and whatnot. I mean, we are strict. We, we, we tell the kids the moment they walk into the rink, that mask is on. It stays on during the games, which is unfortunate. It stays on during practice. You, you get off the ice, you change, it stays on. Then you leave, you get in your car, then it's up to you if you're going to wear your mask or not. But as long as you're around prep hockey and representing the school, you have to do what's right. Um, because of that, we haven't really been shut down due to COVID, um, which has been great. 
but the challenges are there. Um, getting kids, to me, the most important thing is getting kids back doing something they love because, you know, I don't know how it is in college, but, I, you know, I'm sure you're not, well, maybe in Milwaukee, you, you go to some classes, I'm not sure, but here, you know, you're not going to any classes. You know, the prep is now allowing you to go back in as a hybrid mode, you know, twice a week. If you choose some of these kids, you know, because in their cohorts, they're, they're not able to go back to school for weeks on end and they sit in their rooms. You know, they just sit there and dwell because that's the quiet place for them to do their homework, to do whatever. Um, you know, there's kids out there that maybe the first quarter they had a lot of hopes and dreams. They did extremely well. Second quarter, you know, because of all the shutdowns, because of the depression, because of sitting there in isolation and not being with your buddies, their grades falter. You know, that's real. That's something that we can actually see and try to help along the way. And if hockey is their little peace of mind time, then I, we want to do everything we can to give that to them. But it's, it's something I watch every day with these kids. First question in my mouth is, how is everybody doing? And I look around in each other's eyes and I want them to answer me individually, you know, because I want to see, is there something, is that kid suffering today or is he happy? Is he, you know, sad? So. It's real. That's really well said. And it's important uh, to make sure that your players and because you're your family, you're you're yeah. they're your kids at the end uh, when they're at the ice rink with you. What is it going to be like not playing in a against Jesuit teams? Uh, Gonzaga down in D.C. this year, which has been something that you've enjoyed uh, bringing a team down there. Mm-hmm. You've won it a few times, but you're on. on able to do that unfortunately this year uh due to travel restrictions yeah it's it's um you know you feel for the the seniors this year you know they were juniors last year and the last part of the year got taken away from them Mm -hmm. you know now they're seniors and they missed out at basically two trips that we typically take um going down to see all our jesuit brothers down at the gonzaga purple puck tournament is always the fan friendly and family friendly weekend that we go and spend. And, um, you know, being down in DC after the Christmas holidays is always exciting and everybody brings their families around and they go see the museums or do whatever, you know, not having that um, does hurt because again, it's just another thing taken away um, from the boys. And uh, you know, we look forward to the opportunity hopefully next year to rejoin that group. And um, you know, but it could be worse. A lot of those teams down there aren't even playing this year. Mm you know, because the restrictions are tighter than ours. So, you know, you look at it, it's like, well, in the big picture, if everybody's healthy, you're still getting on the ice. Yes, you're losing some things, but, you know, as long as everybody's doing the right thing right now and there's no major conflicts, uh, you know, we will have our season in. We have a 10-game season, and we're looking forward to playing in the Flyers Cup and, you know, see where that goes. So, Going a little bit more into this year's team, can you just briefly talk about uh, the three teams? Uh, you obviously are with the varsity triple a, but uh, talk about the program itself this year. Uh, if you will. Yeah, we got, um, I think we have, uh, I think it's the numbers 56 kids this year. Um, three teams, three full teams that, you know, there's no intermingling amongst the kids. We've kept them separate, um, for a number of reasons, but, um, we have six goaltenders. So we're a full three team, you know, organization right now. Um, the varsity we're just getting our, our feet wet right now we had a game last week against Haverford and had a nice showing and tonight we have a game against O'Hare and then tomorrow we play Holy Ghost so it picks up in a hurry you know condensed six-week schedule that we'll play 10 games and 
um, then the Flyers Cup will start, our playoffs will start, then the Flyers Cup, and, and then hopefully the state championship. Um, our second team, we call them our varsity two. They play in the APAC JV uh, AAA division. Um, you know, they're going to have a 10-game schedule as well. And then our JV team, who doesn't play in a league, um, made up of mostly kids that either don't play hockey um, in club or, or just have a love and want to come out, um, you know, we're, we're getting them games as we speak. We've reached out to a number of teams. So hopefully we'll get them close to that 10-game mark. Um, and just, again, it's all about them getting on the ice, practicing with their fellow, you know, classmates and enjoying something at this point in time. Would you consider the, your main goal and the biggest win this season uh, to play a full schedule and just to compete? Regardless of what the outcome is, it's an opportunity to compete uh, when a lot of people in the country aren't. I, I would say our main goal this year was to get these kids on the ice for as long as we possibly can. So whether we play a game or not, we were going to play inter-squad games. We were going to do something just to keep these kids, give them an avenue for an hour to two hours, a couple times a week, um, other than sitting in the room. So if we achieve that, to me, this year was successful, regardless of whether we play games. If we're playing games, yeah, to get these kids on the ice, to be able to compete would be phenomenal, you know? Um, but once you start playing games, you throw in other teams, other different scenarios, other rink requirements, so that might be a challenge. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it is the case where we're able to play a full season mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, at least have something to celebrate at the end of the year with this group. And I'll end it off here. Um, prep hockey games uh, during at least my time at the prep, I had a lot of fans for, especially the Holy ghost and LaSalle games, yeah. uh, pack stands and all obviously fans won't be allowed in this year. Well, do you think it's still going to feel like a prep, uh, Holy Ghost, Prep LaSalle, even with the fans? Because I know you, I know a lot of teams thrive off their uh, fans and the energy inside the rink. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be different. But when you play a sport, when you're playing it, you know, you feel some of that out exterior um, things that happen in the stands, the cheering and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the time you're playing, you're concentrating, you really don't understand. So if mom and dad are yelling at you half the time, unless it's really quiet, you don't hear them at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so having this, having the buzz of the stands, the, you know, the anticipation, what's going to happen, having all your buddies there, that'll, that'll be a different thing that the kids are going to experience um, this year, because there won't be that. Um, depending on the ranks requirements, some are allowed to have one parent in. So, I mean, that's a maximum of 40 people that are in the rink, you know, in a giant facility. Um, if we play games at Penn, they're not allowed anybody in there. So, you know, you have a 3,000 seat facility that has zero people. in it. So, you know, that part of it's going to be different. But when you get between the glass um, and just start playing, the kids are going to play, you know. And it's, again, it's Holy Ghost, Malvern, LaSalle. And uh, there's no love lost between any of those teams when you're playing the game, you know. So, um that respect, it's going to be just as business as normal, but yeah, you know, not, we're, we're definitely going to miss having a group of people around, especially for the big games on a Friday night at the stadium with a thousand people there. There's nothing like it. Well, coach, I thank you so much for your time. Best of luck this season. Thanks, John. You have a great one. 
Thanks again to Coach Jockman for joining us as our spotlight segment for this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. It's been great to see from an outside perspective now as an alum of the prep, but also when I was at the prep in WSJP, the work that goes into the prep hockey program, joining and starting as a club sport, now in three teams and full capacity. It was certainly a lot of fun to be at the first state championship win uh, with the Hawks back in my junior year at the prep. And that will do it for us here on this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SJPrep underscore sports for latest scores, stats, and updates of all prep sports, and as well as the latest episodes of the podcast each week and all the video content that we put out on Twitter for our promotions. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Anchor FM's Apple Podcast and Spotify at Prep Sports Weekly. Once again, for our guest, Dave Jockman, I am John Liuzzi signing off on this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Have a great night, and remember, the Hawk will never die. Go Prep!